Hi, welcome to the Nobody Know It All's podcast. This is episode one. My name is Rob. I'm here with Terry. Say hi, Terry. Hello. All right, we, we're brand new at this, so we're going to have a good time and have some fun. We're going to talk about a few things and just kind of get to know each other a little bit. Uh, like I said, this is our first episode. We're hoping that this ends up being one of those things that gets remembered as being a good first thing. Uh, there's lots of different firsts in your life. And uh, some of the good ones, like uh, your first kiss or your first girlfriend, your first car, your first job. Terry, you remember your first your first kiss? Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't the good first then. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had better, many better since. <laughs> I remember, I remember when I was probably about twelve or thirteen, and uh, it was in Mapleton, Illinois. <laughs> Her name was Amy. And I was terrified. <laughs> so, uh, do you remember your first? Who was your first, what was your first girlfriend's name? Uh, Sarah. Believe it or Sarah. not. No kidding. Not the same one though, right? <laughs> no, nope, had to get through a lot of other ones first. <laughs> oh yeah. My first girlfriend. I didn't realize I had a girlfriend. My first girlfriend. I didn't know I had her. <laughs> I was in like first or second grade, and. Uh, uh, <laughs> Her name was Ginny, and uh, she had claimed me. She'd put my picture up in her at her desk and had claimed that I was her boyfriend. So I had my first girlfriend before I even knew what was going on. Uh, what was your first job? Well, first job, I would say I did tasseled corn for a couple of years, and but mainly that bowling alley job that I did for six years, cooking, working as uh, a mechanic. So anytime you lost a ball or the pins are all messed up, I'd go fix it. That was mainly right. my go-to. You could you could run that place, couldn't you? Oh, back then I could. I wouldn't have a clue now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, those are those are some good first. My first job, I detasseled too. My first job that I remember liking in high school was when I worked at uh, KFC. Uh, I did a run through the through yeah, the local. There. Yeah, I did a run through the local fast foods. I worked McDonald's and KFC, and you got hired at Hardee's right before I went to the army. So, uh, but yeah, what about bad firsts? Some bad firsts. Um, you remember your first bad breakup? Of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. 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 Remember, yeah, took that one pretty hard, I remember, yeah. Yeah, I got, I got yeah, dumped just a few kind of out of nowhere. And <laughs> the first one's always worse. I was trying to think of this as I was thinking of these first, first time things. I was trying to think of the first fight I lost. And I think mm. I was about, um, once again, I was in Mapleton. I was about 13 years old, and some kid was bullying my sister, and I was going to stick up for her, but he was bigger than me. So I'm like, you're not going to... I charged in there, and he punched me and knocked me down. <laughs> and I got back up and said it. So, yeah, I remember the first time I took a beating. <laughs> not from my dad. <laughs> so, what about you? You remember the first time you lost a fight? To be honest, I didn't fight that much, but... When I did fight, it was me standing victorious. So, I mean, hey. I'm awesome. Last time I fought, sixth grade, I remember Justin Breen. We got in a fight over some stupid basketball game, and I turned around and did some Bruce Lee karate move on him and hit him in the nose, and he had a bloody nose, and we got sent to the principal's office. <laughs> I, got, I got in school suspension one time for fighting at... Uh, do you remember, I don't know, you might not remember this, but um, where 
uh, the corner of Wilmore and Peoria Streets, there was the it used to be a convenience store there. Do you remember yep. that convenience store? Mm-hmm. I got in a fight in the parking lot. <laughs> and ended up with an in-school suspension. I don't know how I got in-school suspension for getting on a fight off t- off school grounds, but I did. I think it has to do something to do with the police taking us back to the school once uh, <laughs> once they showed up to the fight. So yeah, well, that's, those are bad firsts. And the other bad first that I can think of off the top of my head is episode one, the Phantom Menace. That was a bad first. And uh, so, yeah, it, it it could be worse. I mean, it wasn't amazing compared to the other ones, but it was still a good movie. I enjoyed it. I uh, it's it hasn't aged well with me as a Star Wars fan. Uh, yeah, but. When I saw, I went and saw it like three times in the movie theater. So I mean, they got their money from me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so what's going on in the news this week? Uh, talk about a few things. GameStop has been in the news for the last several weeks, and that just Man. that story has some legs. I wish I knew more yeah. about finance. Me too. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> I wish yeah, I knew more too. Man, that's as I understand, money you could have been making. <laughs> Who would have known if you'd invested in GameStop of all places that you could have made thousands of dollars? And uh, what right, is that? Be me following is, Reddit, and you would know. <laughs> right, right. I'm not even on Reddit. I need to be because I missed a chance to become an overnight wealthy person. Here. The uh, as I understand, this is the thing that that that, that I, what I took away from it is that man, there are parts of our economy that are just built on a house of cards, and it, this with COVID. And the quarantines, Indeed. and now you see this with Wall Street and GameStop, that the, we think of, you know, the, the American economy as being a juggernaut. This thing could fall apart in a moment's notice. That's kind of terrifying. Absolutely is. I mean, everything that's going on, I don't know anything about the government hardly either, other than what I read in the news, and everybody's opinion seems to be all over the place about it, so <laughs> right, it's hard to, hard to understand who to believe and what to believe. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 nuts. Um, leading into COVID, though, I thought you have a unique uh, perspective on COVID. Working in the medical field, we can kind of let you tell me what what's how's it changing now? What are you seeing as it's it's developed and and moving forward, and kind of where we're sitting at now, and where we're going to be looking at in the near and maybe in a little bit later future. Yeah, well, working at here in Peoria, I've been there for nineteen years almost now. And I have never seen a, such a dramatic shift of how the uh, work goes, how everybody operates from the very front door all the way through the entire care process. I mean, you're talking two pairs of uh, gloves, a mask, an N95 mask, a gown, a hat, and a face shield every single time you enter a single person's room just to treat them. Oh, you forgot something outside the room? You got to take all that off, go get your thing, come back in there and put all that stuff on again over and over and over again wow. and i tell you what it's uh it's amazing how well they've come together and adjusted the way they treat people it's it's really amazing that uh we have this massive thing that we're not familiar with happen and then we're able to just change everything up uh right away and uh, be able to still offer the same service of care and take care of these people the way they need to be taken care of. And there was one point we had about 150 to 160 people in the hospital that were in patients with COVID. And early on, we saw people dying uh, 
fairly often because of complications. It was a big deal. They didn't know how to treat it yet. Now they got more and more drugs that are better to take care of them and drugs that they feel comfortable giving these people and sending them home. And then when they get home, they can heal on their own instead of having to take up a hospital bed, which unfortunately was uh, what they had to do just to make sure they didn't get worse. That's, that's amazing. It's, we're, we're down to like 20 patients now, which is incredible. That is incredible. But, Have there uh, been talk yeah. with you with, amongst the people at the hospital then as how they feel things will change once vaccinations have made their way through a good portion of the population and uh, that sort of thing? What, what's what's the mindset? What's the mood like where you're at? Well, we know we're going to be wearing masks probably for the better part of the rest of this year. Uh, but it's just like the state has is the stages of everything that's going on. We know that uh, well, we're in stage two or three right now, where we or phase two, where we got to try to. We're slowly working our way out of being uh, locked down on so much stuff and having to be so incredibly protected. And I don't see the face mask going any, away anytime soon. And most people that I work with would agree with that. It's going to be there until this thing's pretty much licked. So what? What? Uh, how do you think this affects your job? permanently going forward just being in the medical field in general being the medical field in general i feel like i have pretty good job security as long as i do my job well and do my job right so it's not going anywhere you think any of these precautions are gonna you think any of these precautions are gonna stick around and become normal operating procedures it definitely will change the way they uh operate all in as a whole for sure there's no doubt about that they've made they've learned a lot from oh and Preparation-wise, we when we first started, we didn't have enough N95 masks to cover everybody in the hospital. But now we have tons of them. We're able to protect everybody. But early on, we weren't ready, and everybody was just scared, and they were nervous to go in these patients' rooms. And it was it was There's pretty a lot scary. of unknowns. I think that was the thing that was uh, that was the hardest for me. Is 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 plus it became more annoying for me than else. Everybody became an expert. And you couldn't you couldn't look anywhere without hearing somebody new from their 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 cousin or their uncle or somebody down the line that knew something. And uh, I just got tired of all the armchair experts, and it, it was hard to separate fact from fiction in a lot of ways. And uh, of course, you know, we had a unique position with Crystal being pregnant and and uh, getting ready to give birth and and trying to protect you know keep keep that stuff as far away as we could. There was a lot of hand wringing about you know what are we we're, you know just how at risk are we what's what's going on and so I can imagine what it's like I can't imagine I'm sorry what it would be like to be working at the hospital when all that's going on so you know kudos to you and thank you for 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 all that you did and being a part of that work that's trying to keep everybody safe I appreciate it yeah scary at first but it's unfortunately commonplace now and it's just another day of work unfortunately <laughs> so yeah you guys are you guys are the real heroes that's why I really liked about uh, at the Super Bowl they had a lot of the the uh, healthcare workers are the ones that they invited to go yeah. actually witness the Super Bowl in person. Seventy five hundred or something. Yeah, it was a nice little chunk. It was really, the way they did the cutoffs was kind of. We're gonna get to we're gonna get to the Super Bowl and sports coming up here in a sec. That's a good segue. We'll go ahead there now. Might as well. Oh, I was gonna say I got one more thing from the news that I thought was really interesting. I saw today. Uh, guy, did you read this? A guy in Antarctica. Or no, a guy lost his wallet in Antarctica in 1967, and it got returned to him 
uh, just recently. He's 91 years old, no and he way. worked down at the Army installation base. Yeah, it got wedged behind a locker of some sort, and they're going to tear down this Army installation. And this guy found it. This is six years ago. They found the wallet, and they got a hold of a guy that said, "Hey, uh, can you track down this guy? That's what he specializes in." But it took him about six years, and they found him in San Diego and was able to get the wallet back to him. And That's uh, yeah. So 53 years later, 91-year-old man got his wallet back. <laughs> it was in Antarctica. In Antarctica, of all places. That's crazy. <laughs> That's nuts. Anyway, that was just some... Is he, he's still alive. He's 91? Yeah, 91, yeah. So that was my interesting tidbit in the news for today. The only thing else I had in news is how much I hate winter. But that's not really news. Yeah. I'm tired of single-digit no. temperatures. I woke up the other morning to go to work. It was 11 degrees below zero. That's not how people are supposed I to I tell live. you what, <laughs> my my wife, she thinks the winter is just wonderful because she'll go outside in a T-shirt and jeans and just be perfectly fine without a coat on and as happy as anybody could be. I don't understand it. The door's open. I'm, like, putting four <laughs> blankets on top of me. You're not as hot-blooded as she is, huh? That's right. You like the cool air. Well, Crystal likes it kind of cold. My wife likes it cold, too. So, but I don't think she likes it that cold. All right, well, let's get to it, man. Let's, let's move on to sports. We know the big thing in, in sports was obviously the Super Bowl. Uh, were you mm-hmm. happy or, or sad? Or Well, con- considering I put all my bets that I had or my picks were all on Kansas City to win by 10, yeah, I'm a little oh. disappointed. Yeah, I guess you were. <laughs> However... <laughs> However, had a, a had a friend of mine who uh, got a present from his wife to go to the Super Bowl, and he was a Tampa Bay fan since he was a kid, and he got to take him and his son to go see the Super Bowl. Yeah, and so that was pretty so cool. So I was actually happy that they won. Yeah, oh, wow. so I was like, all right, that's cool. Tampa won. He, he's a fan and gets to be there. That's pretty awesome. That is awesome. But actually, Man, about the game. That, that's a uh, that's t- for me. To go to a Super Bowl, yeah, that would, well, be, that would be amazing. Yeah, well, the Bears won't get there in the next fifty years, so no, don't no, worry not about so. it. <laughs> yeah. um, if they do, it'd be by blind luck. <laughs> Although I do, Absolutely. I will. I saw this. I saw this meme online, and uh, I'll remember because I I hate the Packers with the heat of a thousand suns. But is the reminder that Rex Grossman has been to the Super Bowl the exact same number of times as Aaron Rodgers, and that makes me sleep better at night. <laughs> so. Rex, oh, sexy Rexy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I went. Did I ever tell you when I went? Uh, I can't remember what birthday it was. It might have been. It might have been my fortieth birthday. Uh, my dad took me to a Monday night football game in St. Louis. The Rams were playing in St. Louis, and it was Monday night football. Mm-hmm. And the Bears were down there, and this was the year they went to the Super Bowl in '06. And uh, and so it was. It was. Uh, I had. Never been to the dome. We had we went and got there, and I made a sign. And you know how like the, the people make the signs, and they try to get the, the either the first letters or the last letters to line up to to match the network that is on. Well, it was on ESPN. Yeah. So I had made my sign that said, "Please, Jesus, help Grossman." And the last letters of all those was ESPN. And we ended up uh, at halftime. I'd been watching because St. Louis was terrible that year, and uh, so we were up. We were kind of up in the nosebleeds at the in the dome down there. <coughs> so I was watching. And I was like, there's some seats down there, Dad, behind the Bears bench that nobody has sat in this entire first half. 
So I itemized, scoped about at halftime. We we went down there and took those seats right behind the Bears bench. And uh, it turns out uh, it was right behind Rex Grossman's dad. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he saw my sign. Uh, he signed my sign, <laughs> that, that is which fabulous. I thought was awesome. <laughs> so, and I got Nobody to sit has on that, that sideline. Yeah, I, that was a sideline too that, that Hester ran a kick return back right up that sideline. That dude is. TV doesn't do him justice. He was much faster. Uh, speaking of, of, of uh, greats, though, the, the, Brady put the argument to rest, didn't he? Yeah, there was no doubt. He did look so comfortable. It didn't even look phased yeah. at all. No, the I Tampa mean, defense just took, Yeah, the defense took care of ta- uh, Brady the whole game. He didn't have to worry one bit. He can just go out that's there and have more, fun. That's as relaxed a quarterback as you're ever going to see in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, I think. I think he puts the the argument is over. I think you can't. You can't. You can't put anybody above him right now. No way. Unfortunately, I, mean, I hate to admit that, but yeah. Yeah, we're talking about now. Just he's going up into the pantheon of just like greatest sportsmen. Period. Not just football. Yeah. With the way sure. he's played, the way he's he's handled that, and I uh, I texted uh, our patriot loving cousin. I said, what oh, do you man. think is going through Belichick's mind right now after Brady's raising that Lombardi trophy for the seventh time without him? And uh, it was funny. She's like, he's probably mad. <laughs> so I said, you're probably right. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then, too, not to just rip on the Chiefs. I think that the Chiefs are obviously the uh, the wave of the future. They are the future of the NFL, this team. Yeah. Holmes, that, that dude could not catch a break all game long. But did you catch some of the passes he was making? Like the one where he's like almost completely tackled, yeah. falling, and he whips it, and it's right where Which he wanted to go. I know. There was a couple like that. It was crazy. Could not almost believe got that I'm one like, in the core of the end zone. Yeah. Hits one guy in the face while like <laughs> yeah. horizontal throwing it. Hits the dude in the face mask. <laughs> and I remember the announcer said, well, you can't expect the guy to catch it if he's going to hit him in the face with the face mask. Hit him in the face mask. I'm sorry. And, uh. Yeah, that was. I, you got to give him credit too. That guy, that was pretty phenomenal. And I just, I love the fact that the Bears traded up yep. to avoid getting stuck with him as our quarterback. So yeah. you know, he <laughs> might be getting Carson now. Wentz. That's what I was just gonna say. It's gonna. I'm just gonna. I might have to switch teams if they if they you know sell the farm to get Carson Wentz. I might just be have to become I don't know a Colts fan or something. I don't understand the logic in that though at all. You know what it is, and I'll tell you this is what it is. Both of those guys are basically on a one-year extension on their contract, both the head coach and the general manager. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy got an extra year. And so they don't care if they sell the, the franchise down the river to make this next year, keep them, let them to keep their jobs. They're not going to care. They won't be there in five years if it doesn't work out. So they have nothing to lose. And so they've got a short-timers attitude to it, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that they're not fired. And so, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be ugly. One other thing we need to talk about with the Super Bowl, besides how great Brady was and how phenomenal Patrick Mahomes was in his loss, is how bad the halftime show sucked. Uh, <laughs> no, you didn't I expect I, it to be too great. but Well, I, I uh, when I first heard that it was going to be the weekend, now I'll be honest, I had heard his name, but I couldn't I couldn't have told you what his, any of his songs were. So I was All like, I know is Can't Spotify. Feel My Face. Yeah, I went on Spotify and pulled up his his list, and, and I was like, oh, I know this song. There's like, there like three of them that I knew that I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. He's got a lot of energy. 
I thought maybe he'd be do something kind of along the lines of when Bruno Mars was a halftime show where it's really mm-hmm. upbeat, young, entertainer, out to, to prove themselves. And I'm like, for one thing, the audio was terrible. You couldn't hardly hear him singing. I didn't like the fact that he was staring at the camera the whole time. It looked like a fake performance. And I know it gave some kind of artistic represent, but the guys walking around with uh, what Crystal said looked like jock straps on their face. Yeah. Uh, I just couldn't get past it. <laughs> what were your Quite the interpretation. <laughs> oh, it was okay. It wasn't anything special. I mean, it's not something I listen to. And yeah, that one song is all I know. And I don't, I'm not, I, w- I just kind of fiddled around on my phone while I was on because it wasn't really that interesting. I really but. wanted to like it. Just because, you know, for that entertainer hits, you know, that's their big shot. And I think he just... He I figured it'd be something... It. I figured, figured it'd be something social distancing-wise, you know, where there's... there It was going to be not as good because there's... Uh, they had to keep their distance. But no, they were right on top of each other They <laughs> just for the whole show. And I know that there wasn't a they huge They spread out crowd. at the end, I guess. Yeah. I guess that was a representation of the social distancing. They all seemed about six feet apart. I know there wasn't a huge crowd there in the stadium, but there was a crowd there, and he's sitting there staring at the camera the whole time, and that just took me out of the performance completely. I mean, I think it would be better if you just played to the crowd that was there, because they deserve to be there. And like I said, like I said, starting off, those were all um, people that they allowed to be there that were worked in the medical field, so give them a good right. show. Absolutely. Uh, so they put it now, in the corner of the stadium. Right. Now, here's where you get to have, uh, we'll, we'll see the smile on your face. There's some baseball news. Now the Super Bowl's over, football's over, baseball's coming back soon, and the Cardinals are going to be reporting to spring training with new third baseman. Yeah. No yeah. one, Arenado. Third best guy in baseball. Yeah. Now you're a bigger baseball yeah. fan than I am. I'm a Cubs fan. I love watching the Cubs play, but uh, you you probably could sit there and watch any two baseball teams play on a, on a night and yeah, enjoy it. it'd be pretty easy. From a baseball point of view, does this put the Cardinals in a in the driver's seat for another deep postseason run? They are going to take the Central. There's no doubt about it. It's clear cut. They were already okay. They were probably about a 500 or slightly above with their pitching. But as far as uh, where they're at now, now they got huge bats in the lineup. They got Arenado. They got. Uh, gosh, I can't think of his name. I wasn't thinking about talking about Goldschmidt. Uh, Goldschmidt. Thank you and DeYoung and they, uh, many other bats that are young and hungry and they're going to be a threat. I even heard rumblings from somebody at work that uh, Marcelo Zunas, they're talking about getting him back. He can hit bombs. So, I mean, if we can get that kind of murderer's row right there, <laughs> it'd yeah, be nuts. Yeah, no And here's the thing, too. I, uh, like I said, I, I'm a Cubs fan. Cubs are, are back in rebuild mode. Um, the Absolutely. dynasty didn't work out <laughs> like we hoped it would. <laughs> we got one ring out of it, but uh, they, it sounds like they're going to tear things down and, and build it again. Here's where I get jealous. The Cardinals never do a tear down, rebuild. They, mm-hmm. they just retool. And, yeah, uh, build from within. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be hard being a Cubs, especially because Cubs fans have been doing a lot of talking the last four or five years. So... Uh, it's gonna be hard for Cubs fans this year. I think we're gonna we're gonna take this one on the chin. I'm sure yep. that's gonna make you happy. You're Absolutely. not gonna shed any tears for us. <laughs> no, no. Any other thoughts on the on the lineup on baseball season coming up? 
Not really. I'm just still a couple months away, so I'm not really in baseball mode yet, but the announcing of that really got me excited. And so I'm already looking at tickets. So. <laughs> is, this, is it still going to be fun to, to hate the Astros? Oh, it's always fun to hate the Astros. I've hated the Astros yeah, more they, than the Cubs my entire life. I think the uh, I think the Astros really caught a lucky break uh, with there being no fans in the stadiums this year because they were going to catch a lot of boos. There was going to be a lot of boo birds out on them, so I'm hoping that those people haven't forgotten yeah. and bring it in full force once baseball gets back to being played in front of people. Some of those pitchers were... And some of those pitchers were tagging those uh, batters on purpose, and they're like, yeah, so what? What are you going to do about it, cheater? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, okay, here's, here's a, since you are, you are a big baseball fan, which do you think is worse, the Astros cheating the way they did, uh, stealing the signs and like that, or the steroids? That's a tough question. Uh, I get it. Personally, it's the cheating. For me, it's the cheating. For me, it's the cheating because – when it comes to steroids, I think all those records should be included. No questions asked. Those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. No questions asked. They didn't put the uh, protocol in and enforce it hard enough back then. That's on Major League Baseball. It's not on the players. They should be able to do whatever they want. There's no reason why you should retroactively just leave them off of this list. Say, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you are the all-time home run leader, but you don't get to be on the list. You ha- You hold many records. You don't get to be on the list. So it's it's not fair, and I and this the cheating, that's one team, uh, trying to screw another team. That's not fair at all. The uh, but the steroids, hey, they had they just didn't enforce it well enough. That that's plain and simple. They they didn't enforce it, and so all those guys should be in. Pete Rose betting that who cares? Let him in. It wasn't even that bad. You know what's crazy too is like I remember when it first when it first started to break about some of those guys. It actually was with Mark McGuire, and he had that like bottle of Androstenedione or whatever it was that he he was taking. He had it sitting out in his locker. He wasn't even trying to hide it. It so, wasn't even on the banned list at the time. Right. So yeah, I'm with you. I think the I think the steroids because you know you may take steroids, but that's not going to tell you how to how to hit a fastball. <laughs> you still got to you still got to have that. And Barry Bonds is a perfect example. I mean, he's been. Mm-hmm. He would have still been Barry Bonds whether he had choose to not, and uh, maybe he doesn't hit seventy two home runs in one year, but you know maybe he does. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, he should be in. He's one of the all time greats. I hated him at the time for being double the size he was as a rookie, but you know what? He did what he did, and so did a lot of other guys. And they should have their Hall of Fame name. Period. And it's true, especially because with the, with McGuire and Sosa, that was the thing that brought a lot of baseball, casual baseball fans yeah. back after the strike. If it wasn't for that, baseball would have lost tons of money still because nobody was into it. Going in with 96, I remember Cardinals went to the, almost went to the World Series, but uh, and I was excited, but man, I didn't know anybody else that was really paying, paying attention because they didn't really care. But when that home run run happened in 98, boy, that was... That really got everybody excited. You you couldn't uh, go anywhere without seeing something McGuire or Sosa. It was everywhere. And it's so perfect that it was Cardinals and Cubs. You know, perfect. You know, because it was a rivalry. It would have been perfect too, I guess, if it had been Yankees Red Sox. That would have worked as well. But you know, yeah, I like Cardinals Cubs. That that rivalry and, and seeing them go back and forth and and uh, McGuire was just a good guy. You know, and so it was you know you, you remember I remember him from Oakland and. 
you know, being a part of the Bash Brothers with Canseco and and just lighting yeah. things up. So it was a. Uh, so so good too. Yeah, and, he'll, and that's the thing. Like, a guy like Sosa, he might not make the Hall of Fame. I think McGuire might get in because uh, I don't know. Just it's just, just he, he's getting more votes than Sosa does, and he had a better career overall than Sosa did. But Sosa rattled off three years in a row of sixty-plus home runs, and he might not make the Hall of Fame. And so baseball's been very, very good to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any other sports stories that were running in your head this week? No, that's just those two are the main ones that I could think of. Everything else is kind of on the back burner right now because it's not really an NBA guy right now. And no, nah, me neither. Hmm. I uh, I liked uh, I liked I liked the Super Bowl. I enjoyed it. I I mean, it wasn't really a close game, but it was fun watching a legend be cemented. I think in my mind, it was just fun knowing that. Yep, yeah, that's the guy from now on until somebody beats him. That's the guy. Seven rings. He's the bar. Yeah, that's it. There's no, there's no other, there's no other argument anymore. And, and all the people, there's a lot of people that hate him, and they hated the evil empire, the Patriots, and they hated Belichick, and then Deflate Gate and Spygate, and all these other things. And but he's proven it beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's the one. For sure. All right, so let's move on then to uh, rants and raves. Uh, I think this will be a fun, a fun section. I'm gonna do just. I've got three rants that I'll talk about tonight. One of them is just if we're gonna do a, a Hall of Fame, this would be a first ballot induction into the Rant Hall of Fame, and it's people that say 110. percent Oh, and <laughs> I hate the idea. Oh, of that's 110%. Because you can't give 110. percent you either give all you have or you don't. If you give and then somebody says, well, I'll give you 100%, they say, well, can you give me any more? No. <laughs> I cannot give you more than 100%. You cannot give more than 100%. 110% is a stupid phrase. If I had a coach or somebody tell me, I need you to give me 110%, I'm going to look and say, you know what? I need you to give me a third arm because it would be easier for you to grow a third arm than it would for me to give you something that cannot possibly exist. It's mathematically impossible to give 110% unless you're a politician and you're talking about finances. It just, it cannot happen. You cannot give 110%. It annoys me. It's one of those cliches. It shouldn't annoy me that much. It really shouldn't. Should you sound like George Carlin. <laughs> I just, it bothers me. It bothers me when people say 110%. So that would be my first ballot Hall of Fame rant, pet peeve induction. Might be at the top of the list. Uh, <laughs> what's one of your rants from this week? Well, for me, Hall of Fame all time one would definitely be people who cannot park a car inside the lines. <laughs> I mean, yes. I gotta be there right now. I don't have time to the extra three seconds to make sure I'm parked inside the lines. And then you go to find <laughs> that one last spot. Oh wait, you can't park in there because half of their car is inside of it. There was a time when Sarah was eight months pregnant. Eight months pregnant. And she parked right in between the lines, looked real nice. And then along comes this gigantic GMC dually truck and parks next to her at an angle. So she cannot get to the driver's side at all. Because there is a gap between the truck and our car of about six inches. And she is eight months pregnant. So she, I mean, this is at work. She had to call security to come out, climb through the car, start it up, and pull it out for her because she could not get in there. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Oh, and yeah, that's, that's just one of many reasons I, 
I, I when I see memes online of people like blocking in this like Camaro or Fed or something that's parked like sideways or something. Oh, it just makes my heart so happy, and they just get as close <laughs> as possible so there's nowhere they can go without uh, hurting their car. Oh yeah, you know if, if it's, uh, the nice thing about not having a nice car is that if somebody does park on me like that, I just get in. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not I'm not a small guy, so I'm gonna get in and if, if they've done that then that's on them yeah. alright another rant this one I saw it's, it's not a Hall of Fame rant yet but if it persists it could make it could make the ballot and that's a, it's, it's a meme and it's you see it every once in a while and uh, it's mostly I, I would imagine it's mostly mostly younger younger people but it's the the meme that says if you don't love me at my worst you don't deserve me at my best what an idiotic and arrogant thing to say and if that is what your expectation uh, yeah. is of a relationship of any kind whether it be romantic or friendship or work then you're you're a moron and you yeah i get that's supposed to be a joke but it's it's like uh i agree 100 yeah, percent. <laughs> come on that's just ridiculous if you don't love me at my well, well let's see that's a little vague what's your worst okay because there could go all that thing can spin out pretty quickly Absolutely. You know, are you torturing small animals? I don't think that I want any of your best if that's your worst. That sort of thing. You got another one? Not really. I I, uh, I had a hard time coming up with these, but uh, I'm going to be a little more prepared next time. But uh, Bro, I got one I'm last just feeding one. off of yours, to be honest. <laughs> My last one is just a single word. And it's, it's, it's again, it's a rookie. It's, it's, it's a rookie rant. So we'll see what kind of legs he's got and if he, uh, if he can stay in the starting lineup and and you know, make the team. Uh, and my, my rant is the word problematic. <laughs> I am getting so tired of the word problematic. Now let me let me explain what I mean by that. You read these Why? these articles online. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you read these That's articles. Why? Yeah, talk about like they'll talk about a show like Friends, and be like, was Ross and Rachel's relationship problematic? You know, because she gave up a job to stay with him, or they go back and you know, like to go back and into the in the office and be like, "Was Michael's actions problematic? Is this show problematic?" And I just get so tired of the word "problematic." If you don't like something, don't like it. You don't have to. Not everything is a statement on society. Not everything is supposed to be a barometer of how we interact with each other. Sometimes funny is just funny. It's entertainment. We're trying to retroactively woke up old stuff okay it's not gonna happen well i i can i can add on to that definitely that is definitely one of my rants is when people dig back into other people's history of what they said 30 years ago what they said even five years ago you know what people's outlook and minds change as they grow and they get smarter and wiser as they get old they probably said a homophobic slur 30 years ago and you know they look back on it man i was immature i wish i wouldn't have said that but people just keep digging back and then people lose jobs over stuff like that they lose um a lot of these celebrities they lose uh partnerships and uh what do you call it ads and stuff so endorsements yeah we kind of link that into maybe with cancel culture that's a mm-hmm. cancel culture's on the minor league circuit. I've got my eye on him. The scouts are watching him. Uh, he could make the big time. He could make the show if he keeps it up. But yeah, uh, 
those are my rants. What about raves? I got raves. I got a couple raves here. Uh, one, it really was cool to see fans in the stands at the Super Bowl. I was raving about that this week. That was really brought back, you know. I'm, I'm looking forward to those days when you can see full stadiums. You can concerts again, you know. Uh, my cousin Chris and I had plans to go see uh, Ramstein last year. They were going to be in Chicago. And, uh, you know, that obviously that didn't happen. And there's, I mean, in light of the people who've lost, you know, their life, it's obviously not a big deal. But it's going to be nice to be able to go back and start doing some of the things that you loved, used to love to do. You got any raves? Honestly, I, I didn't think this would be one, but it's the fact I get to be on a podcast. I mean, it's really cool. It's really something I never thought I would do, some, do you know. I never thought I'd be something that other people would listen to. And uh, it's really exciting. So and people have to listen to my opinion and what I think on things. <laughs> That's right, because we are the nobody know it alls. So exactly, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I got one more rave, and I'm a I don't know I didn't I didn't clear this with you yet, uh, but have you watched Wandavision? Of course. Okay, I am in over my head on that show. I love it. <laughs> I want to no spoilers. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's waiting to catch up. But this show is highlights just everything I love about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. These guys are geniuses. The way they can weave things in, like old callbacks from from small moment, a small moment in the Ant Man movie, and they bring it back in a TV uh, series on Netflix. I mean, on Disney Plus. Um, you know, however many years later, it's just these guys are just—they're so good at what they do. I am loving Wandavision. And if WandaVision is any indication about where the TV side, the streaming side of Marvel is going to be, they're just they're going to own the whole world before it's all said and done. There's no doubt about it. And I've just been watching stuff constantly, reading constantly. What's coming up? I'm just excited. Who's going to be in this? I'm and trying to decipher every little detail that they put out there. And especially in WandaVision, you, you look at it and you think wow, this is just some little cheesy sitcom, it's the 50s era, and then then things start changing, you're thinking, wow, this is deep, and you start noticing little details, and like, what? wait a minute, what is that? What's this over here? I'm, I, hmm, I'm going to Google that real quick, because I feel like I've seen that before, and it's just, it's got me just as hooked, and I, I get off work on Friday, and I come right home, we turn it right on. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's incredible, I'm I'm so excited about it. And just like you said, the first two episodes, I was like, I don't know what this is gonna be. Um, and but then the way they come, mm-hmm. they give you just enough to keep you coming back, and then they really hit you with this, you know episode five. If you haven't watched that one yet, like I said, I'm not gonna give any spoilers to anybody out there who hasn't seen it yet. But it's uh, it's well worth your time. So that's my my other thing that I was raving about. And uh, so now we'll move on to our this week's retro review. And this week's retro review, we're going all the way back to the year of 1982. And we are going to look at one of my favorite all-time, top five, easily top five movies. In fact, I have seen this movie more than any other movie that does not involve a lightsaber. And this is, we are talking about Rocky Three. And uh, I, uh, I found, I think it was on IMDb, a one-sentence synopsis of Rocky III. It made me laugh, and I don't know why, but it just made me laugh when I read it. Here's the one-sentence synopsis of Rocky III. It says, after winning the ultimate title and becoming the heavyweight champion, Rocky finds himself in a hole and is picked up by a former rival. <laughs> like, you got that whole movie down to just that. 
It leaves it so open to what could have actually happened. What hole did he fall down into? What's going on? I don't think it does it justice. Uh, but Rocky Three, released in May, May 28th of 1982. We'll go through the back of the card stats on uh, on Rocky Three. It's a uh, its budget was 17 million. Its opening weekend, it did about 14 and a half million. I saw something else that said 16 million, so somewhere between 14 and a half and 16 million. That's even good in today's office. standards for a cheap movie. Yeah, not no, not not bad at all. But get this: the total box office, 125 million domestic, and 270 million worldwide. And this is in 100 million back then. It's hard. Yeah, this is in 1982. So I did the old uh, uh, inflation calculator online. And mm-hmm. that 270 million worldwide adjusted for inflation is 724 million in today's dollars, which is almost a Marvel movie. Yeah. Which is like Thor or you know, Ant Man. It's on that level, and uh, it was nominated for an Oscar. It was. Oh yeah. For no. best song. Yes, that's best right. Song. I was looking at that. Eye of the Tiger. And uh, it lost to. Uh, up where we belong from an officer and a gentleman and so which is a totally different kind of movie <laughs> it's a running time of 99 minutes and like I said I've seen this movie more than any other movie that's not in a galaxy far far away and so uh, one of my favorite movies uh, one of the, in fact here's a funny story this is just going to tell you how old I am I remember uh, back my dad rented a VCR the first time we ever got to watch any movies at home I remember my dad renting a VCR and it was the whole uh, top ejection VCR where it pops up on top of a big huge machine about the size of a suitcase and uh, this was one of the movies he rented and I remember we watched this movie like we would watch it rewind it and watch it again (laughs) when we were kids and uh, Rocky Rocky in general if, uh, if it wasn't for Christianity, uh, Rocky would be the Martin family religion. And so, <laughs> so that's, 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 Rocky's just a part of our lives. Uh, and uh, I know that you, you've seen it many times as well. This is oh, indeed, at least a dozen. Can, uh, yeah. You can pick up anywhere in it, and you know you're going to have a point coming up soon that you're going to enjoy. I want to set the stage for what the world is like, what was going on in the world around the, the time that Rocky Rocky three graced our our uh, our lives and uh, some of the albums released in 1982 Aerosmith with uh, Rock in a Hard Place Kiss Creatures of the Night Diver Down from Van Halen um, Iron Maiden released Number of the Beast which was the first really? album with Bruce Dickinson singing that's that old yeah I didn't re- I didn't realize that either that he'd been with them that long. And actually, I forgot that there was somebody there before him, to be honest with you, because he's such a such a part of that band. And then, in the fall of 1982, a little, uh, little album is going to be released that is going to bring a moonwalking former uh, boy band member into the worldwide spotlight with Michael Jackson dropping Thriller in the fall Thriller, yeah. of 1982. Yeah, so the number one album of all time is going to come out. Some of the top songs in 82, <laughs> the number one song according to Billboard of 1982 was Physical by Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Had a Tiger was number two. 
came, you know, of, from of Survivor from the movie. Uh, I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett was three. Uh, Centerfold by Jay Giles Band was number four. You go on down the line, and uh, number 22 for the year was Always On My Mind by Willie Nelson. And I couldn't believe this, and I, I didn't do enough research on it. I don't know if maybe it was just it was released late as a single, so it didn't climb very high, but number 73, 73 for 82, was Don't Stop Believing by Journey. So I don't I know that. if that came out late, or if it just if it rolled over. I knew it wasn't big back year. then. I don't know why. That's crazy to me. That's such a, like a, maybe, maybe karaoke revived that song. Um, I don't know, but that just seems so low. People love it song. now. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the, some of the other movies released in 82, E.T. was released in 82. Uh, yep, Conan the Barbarian, which would uh, mark a 30-year rivalry between Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Uh, Tootsie was released in 82. Porky's, 48 Hours. And, of course, in... Uh, in May is when Rocky Three dropped, and then later on in the fall, I think in November, First Blood dropped, which cements Stallone as the world's biggest action star at the time. Yeah, Stallone was hotter than the sun. He was yeah unstoppable. And then, of course, Poltergeist also uh, came out. Now, some of the favorite popular TV shows in 82, Magnum P.I., Dynasty, Falcon Crest, Hill Street Blues, and Knight Rider. Kit and Michael... David Hasselhoff at his Hasselhoff best, <laughs> driving a talking car, uh, which doesn't seem as, 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 you know, science fiction anymore. <laughs> now everybody's car talks to him, <laughs> so no. your phone talks to yeah. you. <laughs> and, and then some drive for them as well. And park, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to like self-driving cars. They sound great, but I don't know if I just, I don't know if I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that level of trust yet. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not there yet either. All right. Uh, just to highlight some of the news that was going on in the world, biggest news of the news items in the world, Carlos the Jackal is terrorizing France in 1982. The uh, the first issue of USA Today is printed in 1982. Uh, 70,000 people gathered in New York City to protest the nuclear arms proliferation. Remember when nuclear war was something we were really scared about? Do you remember that? Maybe after your time a little bit. Did you guys have nuclear yeah, drills? Probably a little bit after. Yeah, I remember. No, we're thinking we're more worried about we're just get blown up. people having them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's here's another one that still affects. Hey, us don't today. forget about 1982. Uh, Cardinals beating the Brewers in the World Series. Oh, I I left that one off my list. <laughs> That's all right. So there's there's a little bit more history in '82. You see, this proves wasn't all a good year. <laughs> so, uh, uh, here's another one. This, this one affects us still today. Uh, cyanide pills, cyanide and Tylenol pills killed seven people in Chicago and gave birth to the tamper-proof seal and child-proof uh, uh, lids on medicine. So, this was, uh, I remember this. I remember people being terrified. Tylenol getting pulled off of all the shelves. Um, I remember this happened. This was crazy. Uh, what else to see? Uh, Yasser Arafat was elected president of the Palestinian National Council, and the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Wall is dedicated in D.C. So those are some oh, of the wow. things that are happening. That yeah, those are some of the things that are happening in 1982 when Rocky III hit the theaters. So what were your thoughts of rewatching Rocky III recently? What jumped well, out? I tell you what, 
Well, I'll tell you what, I took some serious notes at the beginning of the movie because I wanted to see, like you were talking about everything that was happening in 82, so I looked really closely at that opening sequence, that opening montage, and I was looking at a lot of details, like who he fought. Joe Zack, Big Yank Ball, Clever Lang beat Hefe, and uh, Rocky knocked out the German champ. But then he did a lot of advertisements, too. He did an American Express credit card commercial. He had one for DeLorean, Nikon, Amico, Maserati, GQ, The Muppets, Gatorade, his own boxing gloves and plates and coffee cups and shot glasses. He did one for Budweiser. There was even a Rocky Crunch Punch candy bar. <laughs> All right there in just a matter of, like, seriously, 20, 30 seconds. Then he, you see him meeting different people. In there, he meets Gerald Ford, Bob Hope, Jimmy Carter, and Ronald Reagan all in a matter of, like, five seconds. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, so uh, another thing I was looking for is also when Paulie at the beginning of the movie, you know how jealous he is of Rocky's fame and his fortune and everything that's happening with him. He goes to the pinball arcade, and I'm looking at all the the video games there and I'm thinking wow nostalgia crazy you had Astro, Asteroids Astro Fighter Galaga Magical Spot Space Invaders then you get to the pinball machines and you see a Charlie's Angels pinball Playboy pinball uh, Flash Gordon pinball and I just I thought it was just so great I just like really liked looking at all those different things it was really neat to it really take a step back in time because, uh, right pinball used to be a big thing in fact, a lot of those arcades, I remember them building an arcade in Morton that your mom took me to one time when she was babysitting me. And I was just, I remember thinking this was the coolest place in the history of the world. And, uh, you know, it's hard to find them now. Yeah, there's one in Chicago that we go to uh, every once in a while, probably once a year, me and a couple other guys called the Galloping Ghost, and they have an entire arcade of just pinball machines, probably about 50 pinball machines, and it's pretty cool. But you can you just pay ten bucks or whatever and you play all day. That's awesome. I'm gonna check that out. That'd be fun to go to. I bet the boys would love that. Uh yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> you know what you mentioned him selling stuff. That brings up and I don't wanna get too far because we can go into all the Rocky movies if we're not careful because like I said Exactly Rocky is uh, <laughs> is is big and Martin. But it it, it highlighted Rocky three accidentally spoils half the storyline for Rocky Five. And uh, because with him doing advertising and then when he loses all his money at the beginning of Rocky Five, and they talk about you know him trying to make somebody do an advertising, and like well he couldn't do it because it would bring out you know stories of his past, and I'm like well he already did commercials back in Rocky Three, so mm-hmm. yeah. They don't but anyway, we can't we can't go too far. We'll end up where we'll never get this in under time if uh, if we go too far <laughs> with the Rocky movies. But I want to talk a little bit about the good, the bad, and the ugly about Rocky. Uh, the good for me especially is every time is gonna fly now. That Rocky oh, okay. music, when that hits, when he starts his training, without fail, I'm 47 years old. Even when I watch it now, I was rewatching it last week. You still, that still just feel that little adrenaline spike. You know, you hear the heart rate go up a little bit. Oh yeah, oh, you feel a little goosebump going there. It's great. Yep, it's awesome. Uh, you talked about it. That opening scene on Rocky Three is uh, is great. I love the opening. Uh, I love leading in from Rocky Two, where the, he shows the last, and he did this on the Rocky movies, and I. I guess some people don't like it. I love it. I love seeing the last couple minutes of the one before and and then mm-hmm. leading into the next one and Rocky's rise and you see it you see it uh you see him becoming this this um, you know this this world famous athlete and this is just some guy, you know, a few years ago who was, you know, 
getting kicked out of his locker at the local gym because you know he was a nobody. And uh, I just I love that seeing him come about like that. Uh, another part that I thought was really good was uh, Thunderlips. Oh yeah, I got that down for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great introduction to. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, coming up in a few minutes. But, yeah, I love that. I thought that was great, that whole match. It's all fake, Meatball. It's all fake. <laughs> and so I love that scene. Uh, um, what about you? you got a, I've got more good. Do you have any goods that you were you were? Oh, yeah. I was down? excited about I was going to say my good was going to be Thunderlips. It introduced the whole world to Hulk Hogan and made made his name right there because that was one of the most watched movies of 1982 and you got Hulk Hogan here that he's starting to become somebody in wrestling and well now the entire world knows who Hulk Hogan is and people are interested in wrestling and it really helped WWF to take off I, 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 I'll take it one step further I think we may have talked about this briefly at one point in time I think that Rocky 3 gave birth to what would become the golden age of wrestling because oh, of the exposure absolutely. that it gave to Hogan. And uh, because it was funny, I was doing a little bit of research on that. Um, and I know you know this, but for the sake of our listeners, uh, the WWE, which used to be the WWF, is run by Vince McMahon Jr. Now, Vince McMahon, man, senior, fired Hogan for being in this mm-hmm. movie because I he had to that. miss a couple of shows. So, and then, uh, of course, after this movie comes out, it drops, it's huge. And everybody's like, who is Thunderlips? And so it kind of, you know, Vince McMahon hires him back. He becomes Hulk Hogan, and he goes on to completely just drag professional wrestling out of the carnivals and the, you know, the public access TV into the forefront of the pop culture. And by the time WrestleMania rolls around, just a few years later, Hulk Hogan is a worldwide recognizable star. And it, uh, like I said, it, it, it created this uh, this boon in pro wrestling that gave birth to what we still see see happening today. And Hogan is is still an internationally rec- recognized star, a little bit disgraced <laughs> star, but he's still you know he's known. His face is still known, and uh, I can still see absolutely. Uh, there you, you, you there was no one who didn't know who he was. He was a superhero that, uh, that come to life, and so that was definitely uh, one of the good for me. Also, I love the I love the beach scene in in Rocky Three where I knew Rocky's you would. not been able to get his head right. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, and so when he's when Rocky can't get his head right and he's not training right, and Apollo says it's over, and and Adrian goes down to talk to him on the beach, and she just lights into him and is trying to figure out what's going on and trying to. To, to figure out what's going on. He, he finally breaks and says he's afraid. I just love that whole scene and uh, about how she stood up and, and fought him to you know to get him back to who he was. I thought that was great. And uh, although I will bring this up, this is kind of funny. If you notice, you know, she's in Rocky Three. She's building him up, you know, saying, you know, you can do this, you know, whatever you have to do, you can do. And she's in his corner. In the very next movie, she's standing at the top of the staircase saying, you can't win. What happened between Rocky and Adrian in that time to where she goes from, you know, building him up on the beach to staring him down in their house saying you can't win in just one movie. She Drago killed Clubber or killed uh Apollo Creed. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so that's fair. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Uh I love the training montage after the beach because that's when 
Gonna Fly now comes on, and and man, those two guys, those are Stallone's a real athletic guy. I don't think he gets enough credit for the athleticism in his movies because he's hanging right with Carl Weathers, and Carl Weathers is a natural athlete as well. And uh, so I love that second training uh, montage. Yeah, I don't know if you um, know it or not, course, but uh, uh, he was the boxing choreographer for the movie. Carl Weathers so, was? No, no, Stallone was. Oh, Stallone was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's awesome. Usually, you I knew hire he had done somebody it in there in, the, in Rocky, the first one. Right. Yeah, he's uh, he's incredible. He's. I don't think he gets the, the credit that he deserves, and I think that 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 second fight was clever. Was just nonstop action from start to finish, and one of my favorite uh, boxing scenes in any movie ever is that second fight with Clover, where he just comes out and just, just surprises him. Um, speaking of Clover, Rocky Three is the first time in pop culture the phrase, I pity the fool, was used. Uh, uh, Mr. T had not yet been on the A-team, and Rocky Three was his first big introduction to the world, and that's where the line, I pity the fool, came from. And that, of course, you know, become <laughs> Mr. T becomes internationally recognizable after this movie. Thoughts on T? Uh, yeah, he was uh, he was a menace. I thought he was amazing in that movie. I thought he couldn't have been better. Um, and Rocky, I know I read that he wanted Mr. T to be as cut and shredded as possible. So he starved him, basically, and had him on such a regimen, but he allowed him one cheat meal a week. And at the end of the week, they'd have this just massive cheat meal and I remember they ran to like their trailer or something and ripped open the freezer and inside was like some frozen yogurt or some garbage instead of all the food that they were ice cream they're expecting to eat um but no yeah he was he was great and you like you hated him you wanted to you wanted him to lose he did a good job making you not like him and that's not easy to do first that was his first real acting job that's crazy it was fantastic. Another fun Mr. T tidbit. I don't know if you caught this or not, but as I was watching it, I got this big screen TV now, and I'm glad I do because if, I probably would have missed it. But on the drum set, did you see this? Uh, right when they cut to that montage, where they're not the montage, but when they're about to dedicate the uh, statue to Rocky, the very first drum, if you look closely, it's signed by Mr. T. It says really? Mr. Wow. T right in the middle of it. Look closely at it. It's there. I didn't I'll have to think. Watch it again. That's awesome. I was like, that doesn't say Mr. T, and I, I I got closer, and I was like, oh, it sure does. That that that's cool. A little Easter egg. That is awesome. Uh, so having said that about Rocky Three with the goods here, um, I, I said this to you once before, and I'm gonna say it again for for the benefit of our listeners too, is that I think that this is the most influential sports movie of all time. Um, not the best. It's not even the best Rocky. It's probably the third best Rocky movie behind behind the first Rocky and then uh, Rocky Balboa um, and mm-hmm. then this one probably. So it's not even the best Rocky movie. It's not the best sports movie, but it's the most influential sports movie, I think, in history. And for a couple reasons we've already talked about. One, it, it, it gave birth to the golden age of professional wrestling, which is huge now, billion-dollar publicly traded company now. It gave birth to Mr. T, who was so uh, famous and so popular he'd have his own cereal. At one point, and uh, also because it turned, it gave, it brought the idea of the sports movie as an action movie into the public consciousness. Which we've had sports movies before, and they were all, but Rocky Three is the first true sports movie action movie 
crossover. And uh, I think that's why I would make the argument that it's the most influential sports movie of all time. Your thoughts on that statement? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a very bold claim. I, but the, your argument is good. I mean, and I I think that it's hard to argue. I'm trying to think of a movie that did, did influence pop culture more than that. Uh, you got lots of different ones that got people interested. I mean, Rocky in general got people interested in more in boxing again. Uh, but man, I just yeah, it's, I can't come up with one right off the top of my head. And I'm sure even if I did come up with one, it'd still be hard to hard pressed to beat Rocky Three with that much uh, credentials that they bring by introducing so many amazing things and really getting it out yeah, in the public eye. That's not even talking about Stallone. How Stallone was catapulted after this. So, yep. So even that is, is a part of it too. Um, now the bad. We did the good. A couple of bad things. So this bad is not not serious bad, but the Rocky and Apollo splashing around in the water after they ran. Um, I've never wanted to yeah, that was... jump around <laughs> in the water with somebody <laughs> after doing something. <laughs> Yeah. So that, was a little, yeah. that was a little rough. That, that was a little cringy to watch. Uh, <laughs> Polly as a babysitter. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't take him to the track, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's like, we got a problem in the ninth. <laughs> so he's just breaking down his gambling card with the young Rocky Jr. <laughs> so Polly as a babysitter, not the best idea. Did you have anything that you come up with for the bad section? I didn't like that they went on with the fight, even though Mickey was dying back there. They, but, but Mickey pushed him out the door. It's like there's no way he even stood a chance out there. He was so distracted. It just wasn't a fair fight from the very beginning. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, I get it. it. It moved the story along, and it was required. But I, I just hated the fact that he went out there and did it anyways. You know. And that 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 scene too is another one where it's kind of a uh, you have to really stretch your suspension of disbelief. How long is it going to take them to get a doctor down there? Why is he just sitting on a table after he's had what appears to be a heart attack, a major heart attack, and they're not? He's not being rushed to a hospital. Yeah. Against, I mean, he's saying, "I don't want a doctor." He said he wasn't going to leave for the hospital until he saw you. That's ridiculous. This man's dying. Take him against his will to save his life. Right. Right. So that was that was the bad part. Uh, the uh, the clothes dated a little bit. But um, that's not necessarily bad. But you know those those uh, knee high socks that match your your shorts and shirt are probably not a look that's ever going to come back. Your shorts that only cover a third of your thigh. <laughs> right, right. I don't think those are coming back either. Um, I couldn't I, honestly, and like I said, I've told you, I've mentioned already that I'm biased. This is one of my favorite movies. It's hard for me to come up with stuff that's bad. Um, so there's not a lot of it. But uh, now the ugly. There's a couple things that uh, I think that. Probably wouldn't fly today. <laughs> oh man, I got a little section of that right here. It's all about round Pauly. Yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, you go with yours first, and I'll fill in mine after. I mean, the things Pauly was saying in there, just right in the gym with the Apollo <laughs> yeah, Creed exactly guys. Where... Oh my gosh! That's exactly where I'm uh, in. And yeah, I don't. I almost don't want to say it, but he says you can't train to this jungle junk music. He, you can't train the, like a color fire because he has no rhythm, and uh, it just it was it was a little much. But you know that's it the was thing. I, I, 
you can't look back on that, like I said before, and expect them to apologize for that because that's how the mindset was back and the majority mindset was back then and people have learned and gotten better since then but yeah that if that was made now oh, oh yeah. all these not so subtle racism was what i wrote down in my notes and here's the thing though here's where i think they they, they tried they pulled it off um you don't you won't see this again as is racism being played for laughs but uh um this was a thing then but i like how they set it up beginning when he first walks into apollo's gym and he's looking around, and they walk in there, and everybody stops and is staring at him, walking in, and they're dressed in suits. And Polly, after Apollo goes to talk to the guys, Polly walks up and says, "Tyrone says, we gotta get you out. We gotta get out of here. Uh, I got a reputation." <laughs> and Polly's like, "He's like, what?" Yep. Polly's like, "I don't like these people." <laughs> he says, "You don't like them?" He says, "Well, maybe they don't like you." And Polly says, well, "What I do to them?" <laughs> so that was one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Because it just that's one of my favorite things about Rocky. Yeah, it's just he's like, "Well, what I do to that?" And Rocky's like, "And they call me Punchy." And so I just (laughs) I love that line. And that 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 was the thing I had on the ugliest. Paulie's not so subtle racism, um, which I again they wouldn't that that scene's not in there today. Yeah, he hollered out at uh at the homeless guys, "Shut up, you sterno bums!" Yes, yes. (laughs) I I never (laughs) thought that. That is so funny. Uh, when we were watching it, when we were watching it, I was watching it to let the boys watch it, and that scene comes up where Paulie yells at the window, "But quiet, you stern old bums! I'll squash you!" And they start, they reply, and Crystal's like, "What'd they say?" And she's like, "Rewind it." I'm like, "Are you sure you want to rewind it?" Did I re-rewind it? And uh, what they said was not nice. And so we even turned the captions on so we could see what it was that the, the bums replied. Shut up, honky! Honky! <laughs> it's all about. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the boys learned a new word today. Oh uh, man! Uh, another good, funny thing that uh, Polly said. Another, just another funny Polly line was when he was mad at uh, Stallone at the beginning of the movie. He says, "You, did this watch? I mean, you take this watch. I don't want uh, your lousy X-Lax watch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, X-Lax watch. What's an X-Lax watch? I do. <laughs> It sounds like it's something like you get out of a like it came with the with the product, you know, like you get a toy with your cereal. <laughs> They're selling X Lax. Ooh, what time Oh man! Another yeah, one, Polly, I, I yeah, definitely. And you know, here's the thing with Polly, and uh, if you want to get philosophical about, you have to have Polly with Rocky, and uh, because he is like the 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 flip side of the coin. They love each other. They've been friends, but Polly is the polar opposite of everything that Rocky is and what he stands for. And that's why I think you put Pauly in there because it it, it it highlights the attributes of Rocky that Pauly doesn't have. Like, Rocky's heroic. Uh, Pauly's, you know, not. <laughs> the, Rocky is, is kind and caring and, and thinks about the, 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 the feelings and, and wants and needs of other people. Pauly's just not that way. And so I think that Pauly is the yin to his yang, so to speak, and helps highlight what we love about Rocky. And uh, I think that, um, which you couldn't have a Rocky movie without Pauly. Um, now you could have like Creed. What you do is you have then uh, Adonis Creed being um, a counter to Rocky's. Well, the younger version of Rocky, so it works there. And Rocky's not mm-hmm. the star of the two Creed movies. He's he's uh, yeah. he's just a part of the story. But you couldn't have a Rocky movie without Pauly. Uh, my other one other thing that they had for the ugly was uh, Mr. T harassing Adrian uh, in public 
Um, I think they might have a little bit of issue with that. With uh, that, because I remember cringing when it was Kane's on when I'm watching with the boys. I'm like, and I remember that scene. I'm like, oh no, we're gonna have to explain something once the scene is over, and hopefully it yeah. goes right over her head. Um, that was a little. Show sure you what a real man's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, <coughs> uh, some of my f- your favorite scenes and quotes. I got a couple here that besides the uh, the normal ones. Uh, um, I love Mr. T when he's getting interviewed, and they're like, "So, what's your prediction for tonight?" He says, "My prediction: pain." Pain. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. That's just that was great, uh, Mr. T quote. Uh, at the end of the beach scene, Robert says, prediction so for the fight: pain. Pain. <laughs> so we yeah, we thinking alike on that one. Uh, Rocky at the at the end of the beach talk. He says, "How'd you get so tough?" Adrian says, "I married a fighter." I don't know why I like that scene. I like that quote. <laughs> so uh, it's a great scene. It it is a great scene. Probably my favorite scene in the movie. It's the one that I uh, I can uh, that I watch every time, and I, I, it grabs my interest. So, and then the other one that I wrote down is I love this one. Uh, Apollo, he's it's in the second fight with Clubber, and Apollo's like, he's getting killed out there, and Paul's like, no, 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 he's not getting killed, he's getting mad, and it just leads to this thing that's so ridiculous, it would never happen in a real boxing match, where Rocky's just walking up to him with his arms and his sides, and hit me, hit me harder, hit me harder, champ, you know, and it's, it's just, it's so crazy, <laughs> knock me out, come on, knock me out, and so, this is not how it would happen, I love that scene, just for how cheesy it is, and and how 80s fabulous that it is. So what were some of yours? I, would, uh, I got my daughter Ruby saying uh, when she's going to be tough, look at him and say, dead meat. <laughs> That's awesome. And she loved that. Uh, Noah, they, just when they talked her ass right before the end of the fight, or the, the last fight, I'm going to bust you up. Go for it. Yeah, that was a good one. You know, That's yeah. definitely up ain't there. Ain't so bad, ain't so bad. And then, uh... <laughs> and what, Apollo Creed, another great line. It just, it's just such a simple line, but it's it's great. Is uh, be more man than him. Yeah, I like that. Love that line. I like that line. I just, it's a good line. It is. Man, you be more man than him. Is, there's a couple of good, good uh, pump-up lines like that from the Rocky mm-hmm. movies. I remember from uh, from the first one, where Mickey's in his corner saying, you're a tank. You're a greasy, fast Italian monster. <laughs> so, uh, and then Rocky Four, where Tony is in his corner, and he's saying to him, he's, he's cut, he's cut, the Russian's cut. And then Tony says, see, you cut him. See, he's not a machine. He's a man. So there's, I love these great uh, ring quotes, the corner <laughs> quotes. You're going to eat thunder and crap lightning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, did you have any other ones that, you, that really stuck out to you? No, I mean, I really thought it was—I really thought it was cool that when he came out for the fight, he came out to the Marine Corps. Him, you know, the baddest of the bad when it comes to the military. Uh, it's like that was pretty sweet. Uh, that kind of gets you going. Um, I just thought that was really neat uh, with the bu- the color guard bugle uh, playing. That was just—that was really neat. I had a couple things here that I labeled uh, reality check, which I think just highlights um, the improbability. You got to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and say that that's impossible. Like I said, I talked a little bit on this segment where he's going to stand there and just let Mr. T 
punch him as hard as he can in the face with no protection, and he's just going to keep doing it. I just don't. I think you end up knocked out. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You take yeah. some of those shots right in the face like that, you're going to get knocked out. Uh, also, Rocky isn't beating Apollo in a race after a couple weeks of training. <laughs> okay, he's not mm-hmm. a sprinter. This is not happening, especially not in sand. Here's a question, especially when, uh, especially when Apollo's uh, already uh, known to be the faster guy and Rocky's expected to be the tough guy. There's no way you're beating uh, Usain Bolt after training with him for a couple weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's just not happening. Uh, here's a question for you, though. In this reality, is Clubber Lang charged with a crime after pushing Mickey and leading to his heart attack? I feel like they were looser with the crime back then. Yeah. If, if we're in reality, is he get charged? Nowadays, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what my thought was, too. Uh, and then when uh, Rocky would absolutely know who Clubber Lang was. They kind of play it off like Rocky didn't know who he was at that uh, ceremony. Rocky would know. He's the number one Yeah, contender. obviously. Rocky absolutely knows who he is. And so, uh, and then my last, my last reality check item was the whole event with Thunderlips would have been planned out in detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this was before... Vince McMahon uh, admitted that wrestling was sports entertainment, so I think they were trying to protect kayfabe here. See, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. Rocky Three is is all about is is about birth of the WWF. So he's trying to protect kayfabe. So yeah, that whole event would have been planned out. There would have been no surprises. But I did love it. I love the it's all yeah. fake meatball. It's all fake. <laughs> oh no, is that Stallone actually carrying Thunderlips and dropping him over the top rope? He, uh, I read. I was doing a little bit of you know internet research on this, and I read uh, I came across a story where he said he had to have Hogan jump um, to get him up. He couldn't deadlift him up. So but he was uh, at least which, holding him though. That's pretty nuts. He was holding him up. Yeah. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, it was uh, there was definitely um, <laughs> some some work to get that dude over that rope. That and you see this the. I love that scene too when they walk up in the center of the ring and it's it's close in on Rocky and he's just chest level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so that was just that was just awesome. That's pretty accurate. I mean, we all know Stallone's, Stallone's actually five seven. Right, he's short anyway, but that was just a great visual. So, what were your final thoughts then on this movie? What do you final thoughts. Band? Is it a? I got a couple more things. I had just little tidbits I noticed uh, real quick. Uh, Bring it. That artwork at the end, Leroy Neiman, he's been famous for doing lots of different artwork all over the place. He's done Rocky. and then he. I remember having a shirt that was artwork with him on it. I had a basketball even that he has his signature on it that you just very recognizable. And I, I, So anyways, Leroy Neiman, he did a lot of cool stuff like that. Uh, let's see here. A. Thomas Schomburg sculpted that statue. And the song Pushin' during the first training montage was sang and written by Stallone's brother, Frank, Frank Stallone. Stallone. You can actually see him in that training oh. montage singing. Yep. Be, they, they would do this one quick cut to the band, and uh, it's, it's his brother doing the singing. So, yeah, there's a little bit of extra trivia for you. What, other, what else you got? Is that the last yeah, one? It's just a little more trivia, but... Uh, at, as far sure. as the the whole movie as a whole goes, it's it's just a fun movie. It's just a, a movie like you can just pick up at any time and just watch and enjoy from start to finish. You, and it doesn't matter if you saw it a few weeks ago or ten years ago. You're gonna love it either way. It's just a good movie. It's just an enjoyable movie. It's something that you feel every time you watch it. Yeah, 
Absolutely, and it's like I said, it was more of an action movie than the other ones were before it. Rocky and Rocky Two, they were both more character movies. Um, and Rocky One, exploring the relationship, you know, between Rocky and him, you know, explaining his backstory. And Rocky Two, of course, it's going into the relationship between Rocky and Adrian. And then uh, Rocky Three, it's like you know, forget it. We're just gonna have, we're gonna throw these amazing uh, action stars at each other and just fill the screen with them and let it run for an hour and a half and and leave everybody wore out by the end of it. it was, I think it was a great movie. It's like I said, it's top five for me. And a movie I've seen so many times that I can I can say the dialogue along with it while I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a you know, there's I'm, a couple parts there where I'm thinking, man, this is we got to the fight really fast or we got to this moment really quickly and just kind of jumps around. I feel like it could have been a longer movie for me, but think it could have pushed uh, it to two hours. Yeah, I think easily because I just feel like they jumped from. Not being able to do jack crap, boom, training montage, boom, fight, here you go. And it really just felt like he just got there way too fast. Do you think think Clover wants his rematch after that? We don't hear anything more from Clover in the Rocky universe, but what happens to Clover after Rocky 3? Oh, no. Uh, Rocky's got the eye of the tiger now. He doesn't want any of this now. So Clover's gone off, and he's he's, uh, He's bouncing out of... He's way back to Chicago. Yep, bouncing at a club in Chicago. But, yeah. Especially it's, it's after funny. he sees Rocky beat Drago. And plus, Rocky was supposed to be retiring after the first match. And then, so the next match should have been his retirement match, I would assume. But, who knows. And then, though, too, it's, it's interesting because in Rocky Ford, he has to give up his title to fight Drago. So he must not have been completely retired. Yeah, that's true. He never went out. He was still the champ, just not defending it. Yeah. <laughs> He's a... He was just a stay-at-home champion. I, I always wondered what happened to Clubber after this because he was, you know, obviously good enough to become champ. You know, you, you wouldn't think he'd just disappear. Maybe he was in the first round of the guys that switched over to UFC. <laughs> Man. Well, like I said, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I, I, I enjoy doing the retro review on Rocky Three. And like I said, we could have filled a whole another hour just going through the whole Rocky franchise. Maybe someday down the line, we'll just take the whole Rocky franchise and, and tear it apart. That'll be the whole hour. We'll just go from the yeah. start of the podcast. Absolutely. No, no uh, updates. It'll just straight at it. So retro review is something that we're going to do in each and every podcast. So I got to choose that one. Now, Terry, lay it on me. What is going to be our retro well, review for next week? You know, they'll find out soon enough. I haven't decided yet. I got, I got some choices, though. I'm still debating. Okay. Didn't know I needed right. to know by tonight. I should have. I should have made a decision. But uh, and then we'll. Uh, uh, one last thing before we kind of wrap this thing up. We just finished uh, on Rob's brackets, which if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you, you know what Rob's brackets is at this point. Maybe sometime right. we'll get big time and there'll be people. But most anybody who's going to listen to this is people who know us at this point. So for now, with Rob's brackets has finished up the favorite one eight wonders uh, bracket tournament, and it was "Don't You Forget About Me" by Simple Minds. Um, which I horrifically under seeded. <laughs> it came into the tournament as a 10 seed. Yeah. And so, uh, and it took the champ. It's the lowest seed to win one of these bracket challenges, I think. I was surprised it won. I was a little surprised too, but I, the matchups that it came up against, I, I was, uh, every time it came up, I'm like, well, geez, if I'm, if I'm driving on the radio and I got a choice between two stations, which one am I leaving it on? And it would have been, it was that one each time. And then uh, coming up next well, you, will be... Go ahead. I was going to say, 
you know, I, I just went ahead and decided right now it's going to be Office Space. We're going to do a retro review on Office Space. Oh, all right. That works. <laughs> That's a classic. I love that movie. <laughs> Who doesn't? It feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that movie. All right, we'll do that. That'll be fun. Retro review of Office Space coming up next week. And then for Rob's Brackets coming up in the next day or two, we are going to do uh, date movies, love stories, romantic comedies. Uh, for that, so we are set. I'm getting the field set now. It appears that our number ones are going to be Dirty Dancing, Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, what was the other one? The other two. Uh, when Harry Met Sally. Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. And Pretty Woman. <laughs> those are the. That's right. Those are the number ones. So the. I was gonna say chick flip, but that uh, that ends up sounding a little a little mean spirited. I don't want it to be mean spirited. So we're gonna go with uh, favorite, you know, romantic movies, date night movies, um, and it's gonna be which will take us through the uh, Valentine's Day season. So hey, Terry, thanks for for doing this with me. We're gonna we're gonna have fun with this. We'll be back again next week. Once again, my name is Rob. This is Terry. We are the Terry. Nobody Know It Alls. Say goodbye. Later. It's been fun. All right. Yep. All right. Take care. Have a good night. Too, man.